Well, howdy, Mark. Well, howdy, howdy there, Johnny. How are you, buddy? Doing good, man. How about yourself? I don't know. I'm hanging in there. Things are getting kind of weird around the old homestead. Are they now? Yeah, so, like, you know, I live next door to a middle school. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know when this happened, but I guess, um, Alamosa is renowned for just producing some of the best wrestlers in this state, right? Okay, yeah. And, um, part of that, or part of the reasoning behind that, it, it was, they were thinking that, like, it was the coaches at the high school, they were doing a good job, and they are, not to take away from them, but it turns out that, like, the coach at the middle school and the elementary school was, like, he was really good, like, 15 years ago. Right. So okay. he trained all these kids who are now in high school and just crushing it. But like now we're kind of looking at like, well, how do you like kind of get this back because they're not so good? How do we get it back? So come to find out um, one of the guys who trained under this guy, he was a state champion. He came back and he's like, look, I'm back in town. I will coach your kids. Um, the only problem is this dude is in his 50s now. Right. And um, coaching methods from 40 years ago are no longer appropriate for coaching methods now. So, like, now I look out my window and, like, where I used to see, like, you know, two – you've been to my house, two baseball fields and a soccer field. And, you know, it's idyllic and it's nice and whatever. I just look out there and see nothing at all. Um, Now I see this dude throwing carpets on, like, 12-year-olds, soaking it with water in the Alamosa wind and then telling them to explode and build their energy power. And I'm just like – Real confused <laughs> because he's also screaming Dragon Ball Z-isms at him. And I'm just really like, yes, what is going on here might not be appropriate. But at the same time, man, I'm watching these kids get faster, buffer. There are 13-year-olds right next door to me that keep shaking me down for money because they're so strong and angry. So I don't know where to come at it. We're going to have a great fucking season of wrestling this year, as I guess what I was trying to say. That and uh, welcome guess. to the Dangle Podcast. <laughs> Yes, everybody, welcome to the Dangle Podcast. This is a weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy, Mark, talk about the beloved animation classic, King of the Hill by Mike Judge. Uh, This is a rewatch podcast, so we go through two episodes each week. We talk about what we like, what we don't like, what works, what doesn't work, uh, who we happen to have a particularly weird animated fetish for this week. Uh, who knows? Maybe <laughs> maybe this week it's Dee Dee Hill. Maybe. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, but uh, Dee Mark... kind of hot. <laughs> I'm just going to say. <laughs> she, yeah. likes, she likes to finger paint. Uh, Mark, let's get With into it. the blood it. of her enemies. Let's get into it. What are uh, we this watching week... this week, Johnny? Uh, this week we're going to start off with episode 141, An Officer and a Gentle Boy. Uh, this is clearly a nod and a reference to An Officer and a Gentleman, some ridiculous chick flicky movie i don't know honestly i don't remember uh i don't think i've ever actually seen it uh original air date mark march 9th 2003 this is written by one dan sterling dan sterling Uh, yeah, so I, I looked up some stuff on Mr. Sterling here. Uh, he was part of the staff writing team until season 10, so he stays on for at least another three seasons. Um, and one of his other big claims to fame, because I don't know if he's still doing a lot of writing now, uh, but he did write the screenplay and story for the James Franco and Seth Rogen movie, The Interview. Okay, I have not seen that. Yeah, it's the Kim Jong-un one that got banned in Korea. Yeah. 
<laughs> allegedly. I haven't watched it either. I think allegedly, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so he's, you, you I know me, I really hate James at. Franco. So, okay. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, so our cast of characters for this, uh, this episode, Mark, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Cotton Hill, Dee Dee Hill, crafts teacher, army cadets, Fort Burke principal. Wow. The guys at the wiki really phoned it in this week. <laughs> like you get three named characters that feels like that. And there's a lot of people in this episode. Um, yeah. Are you ready for a synopsis? Yes, I am. Bobby gets the military academy experience his dad always wanted and feels how harsh it was to go to school with Cotton. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So our A-story characters this week, uh, Bobby, Hank, Cotton. Uh, I mean, you can throw Peggy in there, but she doesn't really have a lot to say in much of this episode. She's just kind of there to, to scream and get called a lawyer. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Right? Um, give, give me some of your notes, man. Some, your lawyer is allowed in as well. Sorry. Um, some, number one. <laughs> no, it's a good, I really, it's a good gag. Yeah, it is. I, um, number one, I really miss yard work just as a general rule. Um, you and I have been doing this long enough that I've bitched about how much I miss yard work for a year and a half now. Um, I still really mm-hmm. miss it. This episode really made me miss it. Right now is fall, and I would love to go rake leaves, but okay, we can't. Um, once again, we have Bobby being very olfactory. He's smelling shit. There's some milk in the fridge that's going to go bad. Um, yeah. The ant queen. Bobby is smelling shit again. This is 100% on point for Bobby. It is. Uh, what do you, are you not into that aspect of it? No, no. So like, no, it is. I, uh, so no, I've got this in my notes that I can't tell if I like the Bobby smelling stuff gag because to me, yes, you're Mm -hmm. right. He's very, he's a very olfactory character. He's shown that a lot. And I'm glad that you brought up not only the ant queen, but also like the other side, it's, I seem to forget that he is just this weird kid. So when he does shit like this, I I feel like it's to point something out, and it's really not. He's just mm-hmm. being him. So thank you. Like I, I just had a little bit of a brain fart when you said it, and it got weird, and then <laughs> okay, it festered. Because I do I on a personal level I like it, but I don't. It's like it does this forward his character. Are you guys making him into something he's not? No, it really fits with this episode. Anyway, keep going, bud. All right. <laughs> it also resonates with me. Like, I smell I smell everything. That's about it. Like, it's... I, I was that kid. I used to smell fucking everything. And I still do. Okay. It's weird. Like, yeah. So it was like, okay, cool. I I get it, Bobby. I, the clock does smell weird. It's ozone you're smelling, buddy. It's ozone and hot dust is the smell. Um, Boy ain't right. Okay, so like... I... Do not remember Hank actually saying like <clears throat> that boy ain't right is like a catchphrase. Um there's one either. bit early early on, early on, early on, and he like puts on the hot underwear and Hank says, six in the morning, and already the boy ain't right. And that's right. in season one. I can't tell you the episode. Really? That's the say... only time I remember them say, remember hearing him say it. I wanna say he says Up it until and very recently. Willies. I think that's that episode. It might be, or because I thought he could have said it when something 
about when he was playing Betsy with the cheese. But no, like it's it's not as big of a thing as as it's portrayed. Well, but now I think I think now it is because now I remember them. They said it a couple weeks ago, and it kind of like you know flagged in my brain because like you look out for the little things that like make King of the Hill King of the Hill quote unquote like you know yeah. whoa like those little things like that. Um, oh yeah, but really I don't. I don't. Re- yeah, exactly. But I don't hear Hank say that boy ain't right, really, ever up until very recently, and he does it again today. Um, okay. Yeah. Um. So, listeners, last week you heard me break down at the proposed thought of Peggy giving up her career and education for a child that she didn't have for eleven years. Well, you know what? It's okay because that day was Thanksgiving Day, and today is still Thanksgiving Day. And um, I'm going to cook my feelings out, just like they do in this episode. It's all going to work out. If you're sad, make something. (laughs) I'm going to cook a fucking ham today. (laughs) Like, and all my (laughs) sad is going to go into that ham. Um, I, I really, I really like the shot of Cotton. So, okay, um, they drop Bobby off at the Academy. And then Cotton grabs him and drags him up. And that shot of him being pulled away. I like that shot. And Hank is like realizing, oh, I might have done something bad here. I really right. liked that little bit. It was good. I really liked that. Um, Why is Cotton at the Hill House? Like, I don't know, because he's there a lot this episode and not a lot with D. I I don't think he goes home. I don't think he goes home. Interesting. Like, I don't know, because he's there throughout. Yeah, we don't normally see his presence at the Hill House. Um, It's not like it's it's a seasonal thing. You know, it's not like it's, oh, it's it's the holidays. So, of course, he's going to show up a whole bunch. Um, And if he was, he'd be there with Didi and with GH. But it's it's, I swear it's like he just spends half the day at the VFW. And then instead of going back to the Casa Linda, he goes to Hank's house. It's like, but why? No, I, I had the yeah, same question. Yeah, why is he eating dinner with them? Like, But also, um, it took me a second to realize this. This episode only takes place over five days. It's like a week at most. Okay. Bobby's going to a two-week boot camp at this school. Um, He's there for like three day, two days before Cotton finds out about the bull. And then okay. he takes over. And then he immediately takes over, tortures Bobby... And then throws him in the hole for three days. So really, Hank goes to get Bobby on, like, Saturday morning, I think, if I'm doing my math right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's just, so maybe that's why, and I guess it does seem a lot longer, but it isn't. At most, it's a two-week boot camp, and Bobby doesn't even finish it. Like, Bobby is already, you already can't train the Charizard that is Bobby within a week. It's impressive how quickly it all goes to hell for him, (laughs) because Bobby is just better than you are. Um, is this the best Cotton episode? It's close. It's yeah. really close. Yeah, I, I would throw this up there with Yankee Hanky because that's like one of my personal favorite Cotton episodes. Um, mm. okay. Like it's, I like that one because it's full of ridiculous conspiracies and shit that no eighty-five-year-old man should be doing. Yeah. I like this one because you get to see Cotton be an actual human. 
like there are moments of his humanity in here that you're never you're not going to see really in any other moment and it's a side of him that you will never see with him and bobby again like bobby Mm -hmm. has always been his huckleberry always Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. at at one point he straight up says yeah you're getting special treatment i have to treat you twice as hard as everybody else Mm -hmm. like because this is very serious to me and i do not want this to screw i love you so much i don't want you to screw this up uh but he is not ever mean to bobby until this point yeah 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 there's a lot of depth in cotton in this episode yeah and when we kind of slap it with like the unified theory of cotton like god he was bobby's age when he was at this school and then he immediately enlisted in world war ii yeah yeah man um who is the more tragic character cotton hill or bill dimitrov <laughs> God, I'm going to say Dimitrov <laughs> because I don't see him ever living to a, uh, the ripe old age of 85 and getting a hot second wife and kid. Maybe death is the mercy, Johnny. Sometimes Maybe. dead's better. The stone of a man's heart is hard. Um, uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm almost done with my notes. I got a shitload. I really like, I took a ton of notes. Um, no, man, I really miss Hacky Sack. I just miss Hacky Sack. Like I saw that and I'm like, I bet I could talk my <laughs> boss into like, hacky sacking maybe like if like we just met like monday wednesday friday to hacky sack for 15 minutes and talk about game plans like i bet i could do it wow that will really make you streets ahead (laughs) (laughs) yes i'm calling you pierce right now man get fucked i like hacky sack um (laughs) Um, a lot of comedy in this from Bobby. Holy shit. Um, I kind of got to jump ahead just a tiny bit. Um, we get a lot of comedy routines out of Bobby. Number one, Sideshow Bobby, which was a pro for me. But then, um, Bobby prop comedy number two, when he eats all the leaves and then he, like, that's really good. It's, (laughs) man, Bobby is, he is fucking on it but then but then he does the like little bit at the very end i tried a bed i tried the ground i like the bed better like bobby yep. is really funny like I, this might be our bobby is good at something episode but i guess it can't be because we already know that bobby is funny um this is our don't this is a bobby re- episode <laughs> yes yes it is i was gonna say this is a really great bobby episode but I think that you lose some of it if you don't have the context for it. Right. Like, um, he's good at eating. We know this. Like, we've seen him take down a five-pound steak. Um, I'm pretty sure he can yep. eat an entire bucket of chicken on his own. Like, Yep. You don't know if it's extra yet. You don't know if it's extra yet. Like, we know he's kind of, like, cold-proof. He's always wearing shorts in, you know, Texas winter. Like, yeah, it's these little things about yeah. him or the prop comedy. And like, you just need They've to already been know the kid to appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Like, maybe you don't need to know, but I think it helps. Like, I don't lose anything if I didn't know this, but I think I gain more by knowing it, if that makes sense. It's more enjoyable for sure. Yeah. 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 Um, those are my notes. I'm sorry. I've been talking for like 10 minutes at this point. <laughs> Oh, no, no, you're good. Um, I don't have a whole lot of notes here. Um, I think that, that, like you said, we've talked about Bobby being a funny kid already, and he starts this episode really hot, grabbing the whetstone and using it as a pumice. Like, that is hilarious to me. 
because that is like that is tantamount to like wiping your butt on a propane tank in front of Hank. It is about the most infuriating and disrespectful thing you can do, and he's just doing it to get a laugh. Because mm-hmm. guaranteed, mm-hmm. he knows what a whetstone is. Um, I, I already mentioned this. I don't know if I like the Bobby smelling stuff gag, but the way that you, you framed it makes me more okay with it. It makes me feel more comfortable with enjoying it on the level that I do. So we'll just leave that leave okay. that be then. Um, how many family sitcoms of the era did the I'm going to send you to military school trope? Um, Simpsons was a big one that like, I remember. Simpsons, um, it was a Simpsons thing. I feel like military it. school was a weird threat. Like, there was a whole two seasons of, uh, of Malcolm in the Middle where there's a character at military school. Like, it was. And I don't know. Did you ever know a single person that went to one? I don't think military schools were a real thing. I don't think they exist. It's something that your parents made up to scare you, like Michael Jackson and the Boogeyman. Like, no. It's... Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. I just wanted to jam more Simpsons quote in. I'm sorry. No, no but you're really, good. I, you're good. I know, like, juvenile detention facilities. Like... Yeah. But... Not military school. I don't think that's a thing in Colorado. Maybe maybe I'm super wrong, but yeah, I don't know. Do you know anybody? Maybe. No, I don't. That's just it. Like, I, I lived my whole life and didn't know anything, at least not on the grade school level, you know? Obviously, there's military schools when you get into, into colleges and things like that. Like, there's yeah. the Air Force Academy. Yeah, yeah. That's a big, big one in Colorado. And, and there's West Point and shit like that. But, yeah, like, I, I'd never... Had never heard but you of gotta want to go there. You gotta try to get into those. Like you do, and it's not—it's not something meant to be a punishment because it's insanely expensive. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It—it it seems to me like we grew up in an age. Uh, I, I see this meme all the time where somebody's talking about how they thought quicksand was going to be a much bigger threat when they grew up because of how all the shit they watched on TV as a kid. And it's like, I yeah. feel like military school would should be a, more, a bigger thing because we saw it all the time growing up. <laughs> That's Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Um, and then the last note that I have is uh, I love Cotton and, and just how cruel he can be sometimes. His reference to his own son and his wife as Gas Monkey and the Sasquatch <laughs> is the funniest thing. <laughs> it's so messed up. Oh my god, yes. And it makes me so happy. <laughs> you know, raised by those hippie parents like Gas Monkey and the Sasquatch. Yeah. <laughs> so good. But those are my notes, man. Give me some pros. <laughs> pros. I love that bit. Um, Sideshow Bobby. I already talked about it. Um, Bobby's beach picture. I just thought it was cute. I liked it. in his little trunks. It was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I must have over-reminisced and brought out my pain water. Holy shit. Oh. Do we see some levels of cotton? Oh, my God. Um, yeah. God, it's so good. There's depth here. Oh. De- super deep. Like, and cotton, cotton just, like, barely tapped it. And, like, cotton, <laughs> years later, dealing with trauma. Like, years. Yeah. Like, again, who's the more tragic character? We just yeah. saw him come back from Japan where he he got to reunite with his lost love, found out he had a kid. And like we saw him get really sweet with Bobby at the end of that one, too, where he's just like, oh, you found yourself a war scooch, huh? Like, mm-hmm. I I cannot gush enough over how much I love Bobby and 
Cotton's relationship because he should be the most evil, vile old man character in television history with some of the shit that he has said and done to Hank. And yet he mm-hmm. makes up for all of it with Bobby. Yeah. It's great. It's so great. Yeah. Um, pain water. Sorry. Um, that's my favorite moment. I'll save that gas monkey and Sasquatch. You already got it. <laughs> um, the breaking scene of private McFainty. <laughs> that was great. When Cotton stares down that little fat kid and he blacks out yep. and Cotton goes, take a note or good thinking, Private Mc, Private Private Mc, I can't even say it now because I'm smiling too much. Private <laughs> McFainty, good thinking. I love it. Um, Hank loves Bobby. Hank genuinely loves Bobby. Like, yes. you know what? Fuck it. I take back everything I've said bitching about like, oh, this is just formulaic and Hank is, oh, that boy ain't right. I forgot the lesson I learned back in Branson, blah, blah, blah. Like, I take it back, man. Um, yeah, this la- that ending, it's Hank loves his boy and he get he gets his boy like yeah. parents love their children. But some parents will never get their children. You know what I mean? Hank gets his child. Holy shit, that was beautiful. Um, Pros, what you got for me, buddy? Um, Well, just to to end cap that, um, I I think it's important to, to point out that not only does he know Bobby and knows like why he's at his wits end with him, which is like, I, I, at the end he tells Cotton, like, I told you it wasn't going to be easy. Mm-hmm. You know, you weren't going to win this and I kind of forewarned you, but he also like still like continuously the whole episode pays into the respect and reverence of this place because he always wanted to go there so he could be closer to his dad. So I, I love that he doesn't want to squander that for Bobby and he actually gets a chance to like when they go and make their combat bulls, gets a chance to share in some of that with him. So you're right. He's a yeah. damn good dad in this episode. And um, I like too. I like that he realizes he makes the mistake too. Like it's not this isn't hard headed Hank with like oh it's, it'll be good for him. Like Hank realizes that he fucked up. Like yeah, that's great. And then he realizes how bad it is the second time when he thought that everything was cool now. And like, what do you mean my dad is running the academy? Oh shit! Like that's great. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So pros. Uh, Bobby to me is very relatable in this episode because I don't know about you. I definitely had moments as a kid where my parents tried to punish me and I just like didn't really listen. I didn't pay attention or like their whole thing of, okay, you need to go to your room because it's not clean. That's all you get to do is just sit in your room. I'm like, cool. I'm just going to sit in my room then. I'm just going to do weird shit like smell my Game Boy. (laughs) <laughs> you know like i think we i don't know about you i've i definitely felt some like brotherhood moments with him because i was like yeah yeah what am i gonna do i don't really give a shit sometimes you just don't want to do anything yeah like um go to your room oh okay I'll, okay okay cool like, it's yeah. fine uh so go masturbate cotton mark <laughs> yes masturbate yeah i miss cotton so much and i know we saw him right at the end of last season but oh this is such a good one this this reminds me of of just good cotton this is this is early yeah. season like two three where we're still developing him we're still exploring him cotton and oh it makes me happy and i like to see a cotton that isn't depressing like 
it's so nice to see a cotton that isn't like tied to veterans rights so you and i kind of feel bad about the episode and then we get mad about it you know what i mean like we enjoyed the episode but like we liked unfortunate son but like man it bummed us both the fuck out like absolutely this one doesn't bum you out this is just a good happy episode it's nice oh yeah um, and then the last pro I have in here is when Bobby has to lay back and think of England, he goes through all of his little pop culture tropes and ends like <laughs> smiling all stupid and happy talking about Paddington Bear. And that makes me happy. <laughs> Paddington. Paddington is fantastic. Um, give me a, give me cons, buddy. I know there's not going to be a lot, though. I have... Um... Well, one and two cons that really tie into one con. Okay. And my cons number one and number two are with Bobby's number ones and number twos. He's in that fucking hole for three days. Yeah. He should have a bucket or or a pea corner or something. Or something. And maybe, maybe he shit. Maybe like Cotton let him take a shit before he threw him on the ice block. Maybe. Yeah. But we just he saw Bobby take eat. down that tray of scraps. No, he's he's okay. Like, water maybe. Maybe water's a little bit more of a problem. Yeah. But, like, if he, if Bobby is sleeping it off, like, Bobby just goes into, like, hibernation mode, I think, is what he does. Yeah. Like, I think Bobby started, like, after the first day, he started writing his, like, bit about the bed versus the ground and then he's like okay i'm gonna sleep this out and then he wakes up and he's still there and then he sees cotton's graffiti and then it you know builds him up and then he gets through it but um yeah where's the waste because holy shit um (laughs) how about you okay yeah that's Uh, that's literally it i don't yeah no problem with it like where's bobby shitting and pissing is that's it that's all i got okay cool right sorry i cut you off no, I was gonna say I only have one, and it's it's not a, an episode con. It's a this makes me feel icky, and I it like makes me want to get sick moment. And it's Bobby eating everyone's leftovers. Like the way it is animated grosses me out because it's just one big pile yeah. of amalgamated food, and I'm like, oh god, I don't want to know what that all tastes like because there's gonna be salty, there's gonna be sweet. All of a sudden, you're gonna find a nugget of something in there that you weren't expecting, and it's gonna mix in a way you didn't want it to. Oh, yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty rough. But yeah, uh, but no, that's kudos that's to the Bobby. He I just got. like attacks that thing, like yeah, pretty much uh, in true Bobby fashion. Um, well, let's in get true Bobby moments. fashion. Yeah, let's do it. Shit. Um, um, favorite moments. Um, number one. So they're sitting there eating dinner at the Hill House, and Cotton goes, "I wonder if he's eating." Uh, X, and I forgot what the first one was, or Dung. And he takes a moment, realizes, it's Dung. Then Peggy runs out crying. (laughs) Smash cut to her, climbing the fence, shaking it, demanding to be let in. Holy shit, that entire bit was amazing. There's that. And then I kind of got a little bit of a chuckle out of Dee Dee. Dee Dee is really horny for cotton abusing children, and I thought that was hilarious. Like, she is all about it, like... I thought that was really funny. I I would agree. No, I I love both those moments. Um, you brought one of mine already with you brought up my, I brought up my pain water. <laughs> <laughs> pee diddle. Um, <laughs> pee diddle. <laughs> hey, pee diddle. Is it a handicap plate or a car with its light out? I've always played car with the light out. Never. A Thank you. So plate, did I. But yep. 
But who knows? We've never played in Texas, so. You mean Texas? Never mind. Um, I'm not going to joke about Texans mauling crippled kids. No, they just have a really shitty crippled governor, so it's okay. Um, (laughs) Wow, I bet you I made some enemies with that comment, but fuck Greg Abbott. Uh, My other favorite (laughs) moment, Mark, is one that, I, I shit you not, it gets said weekly in my household and has for years and years. When I watched this episode today, I took a video, and I'm pretty sure I've done it two to three times already before every time this episode comes up, and I said it to my wife. We will be doing dishes, or I will be going to get something for dinner, and the idea of like cutlery or something will come up, and she just will look at me and go, Do you need a bowl? In the same <laughs> ridiculous cotton voice. I do it back to her. I swear it is the funniest fucking thing. He's so disappointed. You made a bowl. He's so upset. He's so upset. It's a combat bowl. It's a. Oh, it's so funny. Yes. It's a combat bowl. (laughs) So that, I shit you not, it's like, it's one of my like all time series favorite moments because I quote it so much in my own life. (laughs) <laughs> so those are my favorite moments you want to break down our rating system so that we can get this guy rated mark yes i would love to and i don't have a cute one and i'm sorry but our rating system nah, goes like do. this <laughs> you do sometimes you try it's it's funny <laughs> like i like i kind of like when we mix it up and like it's like the cold opens and you panic or you ask me for a, a synopsis and i panic or <laughs> one of us is like cold open we have something cute and then we both panic and yeah anyway rating system oh, yeah. breaks down like this at the very very bottom is a charcoal it's the failure of an episode it's a real turd it's a piece of shit um it's literally like mush but not like good bobby mush it's just bad um above that is megalo Megalo's like a bronze it's a harder turd a firmer turd and there's little nuggets of good in it little pieces of corn in your big mountain fudge cake of crap that your grandfather abusively makes you eat it's not fun to do but you're gonna get through it and maybe enjoy little snippets here and there above that is a butane butane is a bastard gas and this is a bastard episode a butane is a silver metal rank uh there's a lot of good there's a lot of bad you're not gonna turn it off but and if it's on at two in the morning, you're just going to sit there and watch it. It's all right. You might be stoned or you might not be. I realize we talk about being high at two in the morning way too much for I'm pretty sure it's neither one of us are awake at two in the morning and high. Like, oh, God, no, we're always asleep. <laughs> yeah, we're grown ass adults. Well, no, I'm still on city market time three months later. Um, I still wake up every morning at 3 a.m. It's bullshit. But I know you know that because that's when I like respond to you when you text me from German time. Um, But like, um, anyway, we're not that stoned this week. It's a butane. Above that is Char King. Char King is a gold rank. If Johnny and I come together and both give it a Char King, it becomes a Char King Imperial. And a Char King means that this is a great episode of King of the Hill. Characters are used well. The writing is real tight and it's funny and it snaps and it feels like an episode of King of the Hill. It it hits that mark of the believably unbelievable, and that's when you realize that you're watching an episode about, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of any good Char King, and I can't think of one off the top of my head because I have to think about it now. Here's my moment of panic. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Doesn't matter, had sex. Um, The only thing that stops it from being a perfect episode is that maybe something just doesn't quite work, or or you need a lot of context to enjoy it. Um, Returning Japanese would have been a great episode to be a 
you know, was a great Char King because it was a great yeah. episode, but you need context for it. There we go. I brought it around. See, it's all good. And above that is a Blue Flame of Valor. Blue Flame of Valor is our S rank. It is the best episode of King of the Hill you can get. Probably one of the best episodes of TV that you can get. Characters are on point. The writing is on point. The animation is pretty. Willie Nelson's a guest star. I don't fucking know. It's a great episode. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. Johnny, on a scale of charcoal to the blue flame of valor, where do you give an officer and a gentle boy? Well, first, uh, I think everybody needs to be impressed with just how much air you expended in that entire, like, five-minute sequence. <laughs> Damn, boy. <laughs> Some props here. Uh, so Thank you. So, I gave, I, I gave uh, officer and a gentle boy a char king, Mark. Um, okay. And it's it is a very high char king. This is like the highest you can get. Like the 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 tips are starting to turn that frosty white blue. It's almost there to the flame of valor. The only thing that it is missing is that you you don't see any of the most like any of the regular cast in this other than the hills. Hmm. This is like one of a handful of episodes of like the 300 plus episodes of the series where you don't see Dale, you don't see Bill, you don't see Boomhauer. Okay. You know? And to me, you can't in good conscience show somebody an episode of King of the Hill and not have them. They have to be involved somehow because they are so integral. At least one of them. Like, you have to understand that this main character has got all of these jackass friends. And if, mm-hmm. if you don't get all three in one episode, it, you need at least one that's doing the work. But really, like, that's the only thing that holds me back from it. Because everything else is so good. And I would guarantee show this to a lot of people. It just wouldn't be the very first one. Okay. Okay. How about you, man? What do you give it? Interesting. Um... I gave it a Char King question mark. Um, I wonder if okay. this is not blue flame material based solely on the merits of cotton. Like it's, between cotton so between cotton and Hank, like I, I kinda went insane with like my love of Hank's love of Bobby. But like yeah. between the two of them, this is a blue flame quality episode, but then I talked about like I don't know if you need context for Bobby. I don't know if two can outweigh the third, right. if that makes sense. But, like, so I think I'll just stay safe and give it a Char King. So that gives us an Imperial. Like, this is it an amazing does, episode. Is, it is. It's, it's, it's not the first episode I would show someone, but I wouldn't have a problem, I think, showing this to somebody who had seen a handful. You know, if they understand that there's a, there's a weird relationship between Hank and Bobby or one between him and his dad or like if they've, if they've seen a handful of episodes already and kind of know what the dynamic is, absolutely I would show this to them. It just wouldn't be yeah. the first. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I, I knew I was going to love this. Guys, I've loved this episode for years now. It's It consistently makes my, I think, top tens. We you if flagged it. Fives. Um, you flagged it a a long time ago. We we're talking about like, um, characters get their own perfect episode. Each King of the Hill character gets their own perfect episode, and um, yeah. you called this one as this was the perfect Cotton episode. Yeah, yeah. And goddamn, I think this is the. You don't. I think this is the perfect ending. Cotton episode. Yeah. 
Like, it might not be the best cotton, but it might be the perfect cotton. Fair. And also, yes, that ending. Goddamn, that ending is amazing. You and I are not usually ones for sappy endings, but that is, you can't get better than it. You really just can't. But we focus a lot on endings. Um, we talk a lot about how horned up we get for endings. Like, God, go yeah. back and listen to How to Fire a Rifle. And I just, like, lost my mind with how amazing that ending was. Like, this is a good episode of King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah. The writing is on point. Like, I don't, I, without remaking points that we've already made a couple times, like, this is a really, really solid episode. Like, oh, just TV? I don't know. I, I'm horny for it. Let's, oh, let's go on. Oh, yeah. Let's. Yeah. Let's, let's get on. Ooh. Let's let's hope we can get one as good in episode 142, The Miseducation of Bobby Hill. Uh, this is original air date March 16th, 2003, written by the writing duo of Tom Croston and Chip Hall. Uh, they, it seems to me like these guys have done a decent amount of stuff together uh, even after King of the Hill, um, but they only wrote five episodes in King of the Hill. Uh, the notable one that I saw that I think you would recognize is the one with Patton's toilet. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they wrote well into the series. I want to say that's season 10 or 11. Um, they're okay. I mean, yeah, it's after death picks cotton. Exactly. Yeah. Which is just the worst fucking pun. Um, (laughs) Cast of characters for this episode, Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotry, Boomhauer, Joe Jack, Buck Strickland, Donna, and my friend, Fatherton. <laughs> Fatherton. <laughs> Fatherton. Mark, our synopsis here, Bobby feels the heat in his first grill stravaganza with Hank, and Bill gets wings. Okay. Okay, yeah, okay. (laughs) So, uh, for the first time in a little while, I feel like we have a fully developed A and B story. We have our A story with Hank, Bobby, uh, Joe Jack, slash Buck. Basically, everybody, Hank and Bobby, and then the the cast of Strickland Propane. And then our B story is Bill Dale and Boomhauer. Uh, Let's get into some notes, man. Some notes. Take her away, buddy. I've been talking a lot this episode. No worries, no worries. Um, so I noticed right off the bat, and this is also something that you and I will send to each other twice a year, um, usually in early October and then usually again at the end of November. Mark, someone's got a birthday, I wonder who. <laughs> Didn't you know that Bill had a birthday? And apparently they all forgot. That seems uh, kind yeah, of strange I, to me. Um, so the Bruce had Dern a movie. Birthday, I wonder who. <laughs> the Bruce, guys, Bruce go back Dern. and listen to. Um, wait, wait, wait. Go back and listen to Hank in the Great Glass Elevator. Um, Johnny almost <laughs> murders me on a microphone. It's great. <laughs> okay, the Bruce Dern movie. But Mark, if you're not taking off your shirt, then who's driving? I totally screwed that up. Uh, the Bruce Dern movie that Boomhauer is talking about is called Black yeah. Sunday, and it's about a terrorist who is trying to blow up the Goodyear blimp at the Super Bowl. It's a real movie. Is it? And I want to watch it. Listeners, upcoming Patreon that we haven't plugged in like two weeks. Um, At the $10 tier, you can hear me and Johnny watch such films as, what's it called? Black Thunder? Black Sunday. 
Black Sunday. Black Su- as such films as Black Sunday, starring one Bruce Dern. Oh my God! Yes, yes, Does with that a capital not sound Y. Awesome? <laughs> oh my God! I am so fucking into that one, bud. Hey, and then we can watch right? the Great Santini, and we can watch um. We'll watch a bunch of like Paul Newman movies until we get kind of like the weird one that made Hank cry. It'll be great. Yeah. I just, we need to watch, uh, it's not a dinner of onions, which is the one that's got, um, um, God damn it. My brain Charlton is Heston? not working. Yes. Charlton Heston and Ethan Hawke. I cannot remember the name of it, but yeah. The flowers I, yeah. of time. The flowers of time. Is. There you are. There it is. You got her. <laughs> God damn. Um, I love, okay, we're, we're focusing again. I love that Hank is running people off at Fatherton by using his, his thing of, he won me in a card game. Run. <laughs> and the lady is just like shrieking in the background as she's running away. Yes. yes. That is hilarious to me. Um, and then I, I have made I have made a discovery today. Okay. And I don't know how I feel about it, but it's in notes. So that way I didn't have to classify it as a pro or a con. Bill is Homer Simpson. Late season Homer, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give it to yeah, you. Yeah, he is. He is. He is like end of the good era run of Homer Simpson. All he does is run around, acts like a child, has the IQ of of like I don't know dog water, and he just gets hurt. Like in this episode alone, he falls out of his little chair, gets hung upside down, smashes through a fence, smashes into a light pole, and then gets strung up and hit like a pinata. He comes home and he is mm-hmm. straight up tagged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, he is home. He is Homer Simpson in this episode. <laughs> so I don't know. Take that with with a grain of salt. Do with it what you will. I maybe that's why I'm having such a hard time with this because Bill was so much better. He used to be so much more refined. Like he actually had character development, and I don't need another Homer. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Okay. Give me some notes, man. That's all I got. Some notes. Uh, number one, uh, Bill's birthday is June 22nd. We already kind of hit that. Uh, number two, Grill Stravaganza. I'm just glad it's here. We, I just, I, okay. Sorry. For the customer, Mark. For the customer. For the customer. For the customer. Um, I really like it. I like the little bit. Um, we haven't had a Hank at Strickland episode for a long time. Um, yeah. I want to say, are you there? God, it's me. Sister Margaret was the last time we saw Hank, like actually at work. Okay. Um, and you know, we see him there and he's all jazzed up about propane. Um, I really like this, this framing device. If we get to see Hank at work, that's cool. Like, We've seen Peggy sucking at teaching lately. Um, we've got a couple good Dale at work episodes, and now we get to see Hank right. at work. I'm glad we're here. Um, Bobby talking to the blonde cowboy about the British thermal units for his uh, two-inch steaks. Yeah. Yeah, there's no bacon in that at all, Johnny. <laughs> no bacon at all? No bacon at all. Um, Thatherton, we are a big fan of sign change on the show. Uh, Thatherton changes his sign twice. 
The first one says, Thazadin fuels, meet the Hooters girls. And then later, when Hank is acquired by Thazadin at the poker game, or whatever kind of game it was, it says, meet the girls of Jugstore Cowboys. Ooh, very nice. Yes, so Thazadin is, you know, really stimulating that local economy and helping out girls from at least two restaurants. I wonder if he has a partnership with, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. Because I'm used to Jugstore Cowboys. No, the one that Luann's mom stripped at was... Uglies? That's the country bar. Oh, shit, you're right. Oh, we'll get there. I'll think about it. I'll get back to it and scream it, like, midway through your cons. Um, Fair. Yeah, that's those are my notes, buddy. How about some of your pros? So I think we've reached peak Joe Jack in this episode, Mark. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad, because now I can openly hate him. Yeah. I do not like yeah. Joe Jack. He is he is not a fun character anymore. He is a giant man child. Um he has he is less mature than Bobby. And he's just super irrational. Like I thought we had seen peak Joe Jack when we did Propaniacs. And we didn't apparently. It's it's this. It's this episode where he just like has to sit there and jeer and taunt and rub it in Hank's face and then all this stuff, not to, not to mention just completely screw over his kid and all this stuff. It's, I just, I don't like Joe Jack anymore. Yeah, yep. but you know what? I'm glad to see another Bobby and Joe Jack episode. Hey. Okay. Okay. Okay, I have a thought. I have a thought real quick. Um. Um. So, like, Joe Jack is doing magic and shit. Joe Jack with the Propaniacs doing prop comedy. Right. Um. So, like, all this shit, right? Um, do you think that's why Hank is so, like, weird on Bobby for his, like, desire to be a comedian? Do you know what I mean? Because, like, I bet Joe Jack is that dude in the office who's like, I'm starting up a sketch troupe, honey. I'm doing improv at the Oakland on Monday nights at 4.30 p.m. Come check out my group, honey. Like, all this shit, all this obnoxious, like, what somebody you know who thinks they're good at comedy would do, that kind of shit, so he sees all this shit, and that's why he doesn't want Bobby to do it? I don't know. doesn't matter. I'm going to stop blowing my own fucking mind during these recordings. (laughs) I apologize. Um, I need you to use your magical counselor powers or your wife's magical counselor powers to score me some fucking Adderall, because, like, apparently I can't focus. Anyway, um... (laughs) No, I think you you bring up an interesting point because Joe like Joe Jack is basically what Bobby would become, I think, if he follows Hank into propane. You know what I mean? He is yeah. the showman that has to try and be himself. Um so he does things like magic tricks at work and all this and that. Um he joins the the little improv propaniacs group and does his whole thing. And yet he is an unhappy, overweight middle-aged man that doesn't have a a wife and i think hank sees that and goes nope don't like that definitely don't like Mm -hmm. that and i do want my kid to be a success but i also want him to work in propane with me so we're gonna fix some of this you're not gonna be the weird kid that gets to do magic and shit everywhere Mm -hmm. um let's see here i think uh one of the most important things you can pull from this episode is hank and his statement of beginner's luck is a curse Mm, and yeah. damn is that is that true in just about everything 
um, if you are not careful, be, like just ha- being lucky and and getting something right off the bat can lead to very very bad things. Um, yeah, and we're I, watching it happen actively of, with Twitter. It pretty much. Um, but Joe Jack and, and Bobby in this episode, they're basically children. So to me, it's very satisfying that Hank wins in the end and that he is proven mm-hmm. correct in the end. Um, I don't have a lot of pros to say about the B plot because I don't really care for it other than a few one liners. Do, do we need to say anything really more about it? Um, like it's a jackass stunt gone awry. I would like to talk about it. Um, yeah, I got some stuff to say about the B plot, actually. Um, let's hear it. Number one, my first pro: the entire King of the Hill presents up sequence. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't know if I was in a weird mood because, like, yesterday was the day before Thanksgiving, and I was watching this, and like, I was filled with like good holiday cheer and whatever. Um, I laugh my ass off. Like, I, okay. Up until this episode, I agree with you 100% about everything you said about Bill becoming Homer Simpson. Because you're not wrong at all. Um, he is now a man-child. He now eats change off the floor. But then, like, we also see him get taken advantage of by people like Dale, who, you know, in the check fraud episode. The, the right. goodbye normal jeans. We just watched it a couple weeks ago. That wasn't Bill's fault. He got yes anded into stupidity by somebody else and he was just the victim. Um, I think in this case, it's the same thing. Bill thought this was a funny idea that like they were going to put him in a chair and he was just going to float. Right. He didn't think about the consequences of his actions because why the fuck would you? Because quite frankly, if we're all standing around drinking beer and we're shithoused, this is the best idea any of us have ever had. Like, <laughs> Yeah. They even wait until Hank leaves. There is the silent communication between the guys, all three of them agreeing that they are going to pursue this stupid thing. And they're like, it's going to be fun. Hank can't know. This is no different than Friendship Tube. Like, really? This is the... This is the follow-up to Friendship Tube. Dale has to, like, be the avatar of stupidity two more times. He's already done Earth and, you know, fucking air. air. Now he's just got to, like, do some fire and water bullshit shenanigans and Dale will be the avatar of dumbness in King of the Hill. I love the B plot. I laugh my fucking ass off that entire scene when he (laughs) falls. So like, okay. So Dale explaining to Bill what will happen when he drifts off into the stratosphere and Bill realizing I'm going to die. And then Dale loading a gun. And I honestly thought Dale, because I guess I forgot this B plot. I thought Dale was going to give Bill a loaded gun. And I'm like, you never give Bill Dotrieve a loaded gun. Because the first thing he's going to do is try and eat it. And the second thing he's going to do is try and eat it when he figures out it's not edible. But fucking like, so we're sitting here. He's all duded up in his little suit. He is excited to have fun. All three of them are excited for this. They've probably spent... A while drinking. They are prepared. They put thought into this. This is a great B-plot. This is the perfect B-plot. Um, fuck, I can't... Go- and then when it all goes to shit, Bill goes up five feet. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. That's such a stupid line, and I loved it because, like... <laughs> When's the last time you when's the last time you slightly elevated yourself and looked at the world cuz it's kind of a cool feeling. Like right. Go stand at like 10 feet tall instead of you know you're you're just shy of 6 foot tall. Like it's a weird feeling and it's beautiful. And here's Bill and he's experiencing it. Bill the fattest one, Bill the one who has to be in it because Bill will defy fucking gravity. And yeah, and then it goes <laughs> to shit. 
And then he breaks through fences and knocks down shit. And the momentum of the breeze is slight and cruel. I laugh my fucking ass off. Like, oh my god. Um, like, I, I can't even talk about it. Uh, smash cut to King of the Hill presents how the bill stole Christmas. This is the best fucking Christmas episode in King of the Hill. When fucking voice over Luann sees Santa Claus and watches him fly away. And like, no one's going to believe this little girl. Bill is the perfect nope. fucking UFO slash cryptid in Arlen, Texas. Um, oh my God. I'm just going to run through this little bit here. I'm just going to knock all the B plot out at once. Um, finally we have, King of the Hill presents Disney's Coco. Maybe. I didn't fucking watch Coco, but it was the only Disney King Disney movie I could think of that had, like, not white people in it. Um, he ends up in a tree. Like, Octavio is there in voice, and I'm fine with it. And then they start hitting him. They just start bullying him, because quite frankly, if I saw a... 300 dude pushing 300 pounds yes fucking hanging from a tree what are you doing in my backyard hoss what are you doing you're getting poked with a stick like i don't care what's wrong with you i'm gonna cut you down but i'm gonna poke you with a stick and then candy comes out oh my god it's perfect of course fucking bill has candy in his suit pockets like of course he does of course he does and then he returns home triumphant from his journey and he's ready to give the other two their try at it yeah i Love this B plot. Fucking blue flame of valor to this B plot. I laughed. My I like was crying. I was laughing so hard at the entire <laughs> sequence of just the up sequence. Like, oh my god. Oh, okay. Whew. Okay. Though <laughs> that's my B plot pro note. Okay. Um, rebuttal. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no rebuttal. Um, I oddly enough, I address this at the end when I give my rating for this episode. So I, I'm excited cool. to hear what your, your callback is for that. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Um, anyway, a couple more pros here because I've been talking for a long time again. Just like Disney's Up, I keep going no matter how badly you want me to end. Oh, <laughs> he can't make it. Bobby, like, blacks out on the way to his bedroom. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gotta call it out because we always call it out. We got a Thatherton. Always, just always. Fatherton. Um, yeah, those are my pros. I, I'm glad that we get to see Hank being propane Hank because it's not all bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, Hank genuinely loves what he does and he's good at what he does, and I like that a lot. Um, it's good. To anyway, see I get the win in the end. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's nice, and I'm glad that he does. Like, it's good. I wish we didn't have the setup of the guy being the weirdo German thing that I feel like should have happened, but whatever. I don't care. Yeah. Anyway, what do you got? Uh, so I only have one con for this episode, uh, other than the stuff I've already talked about. Um, Cause I definitely veiled one of my pros that should have just been a con about Joe Jack. Um, but my con here is that the little girl in here is Luann and I haven't seen in Luann for a while. And so I'm sad about it. I'm mad. Yeah. We just saw her in yeah, uh, a couple weeks now it's been since we saw her in Pygmalion. Yeah, at least, as I said, is it at least four or five episodes now that we haven't had Luann, and I'm like, oh, I want Luann back. <laughs> I do too. We had a good stretch, man. We had boxing Luann. We had a we lot had of Pygmalion. no Luann, though. We had fun with Jane and Jane, but it was just like, oh. Yeah. Uh, hey, don't worry, she's back next week to do pool Luann, so. 
<laughs> pools to study Jesus. Um, oh, her and her Missy Melons. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't get horny for cartoons anymore. Con, <laughs> um, Joe Jack is going to megalomart that place with his goddamn uh, fire starters in his hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Um, Con, the German dude. I just don't get it. I don't care. I don't want to talk about it, but whatever. Con, Buck doesn't do child labor laws. Um, really, 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 once again, we have just gross felony. <laughs> like, yeah. Bobby's selling these grills. Like, but also, Con, who's dumb enough to buy a grill from a 10 year old or a 13 year old kid? You know what I mean? Pretty much. Like, that's why I stay off TikTok. I don't need to, like, get lied to by 13 year olds. It's all good. Um, Luann appears, not as Luann. We kind of beat that one to death. Um, right now in my personal life, I really feel like at my current position, I feel like I didn't learn the basics and I am really scared about when that other shoe is going to drop because I'm good at what I'm doing, but I don't know why I'm doing the things I'm doing and I'm very worried about it. I think it's almost imposter syndrome, especially since that, like, you know, they just laid off a shitload of people in the company and it makes me nervous. Right. Um, $20 for Hank. That's fucking what? What is that? Like a dollar a year and then minus like, you know, eight bucks or whatever. Fuck you, Buck. You're a piece of shit. Like I get it. It's funny. Whatever. From Hank. Yeah. Literally like two hours worth in. Yeah, exactly. Like I'd even say like two hours in, you know, 2003 money, but yeah. Um, and finally con customer service. God damn. I do not miss customer service. And that's why I'm also <laughs> happy and yet uncomfortable in my new job. Cause I'm so afraid it will be taken from me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Those are my cons. Not, I got a ton, but none of them are actually like con con just, you know? Yeah. No worries. Uh, well, I think we're to favorite moments then. I I gave you mine. It was my entire rambling Disney <laughs> montage movies of the B plot. The entire B plot. I did not fucking care about this A plot. It was boring. Not boring. It's fine. Whatever. I don't care. But like, man, thank God for this B plot to like be the glue that holds together Hank's disappointment in his son. You know? <laughs> okay. Thank, uh, thank God. How, how about you, man? I have one favorite moment here and it's B plot related. And it's just Dale explaining to Bill uh, what's going to happen. And then he just basically goes, hey, if you start feeling lightheaded, stick your chest out. And I'll give you one of Dr. Dale's thirty-eight caliber pain pills. <laughs> <laughs> like oh, so also, Con, I don't think a thirty-eight could kill Bill. I'm sorry. I just, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I I don't buy that. a thirty-eight could. A twenty-two won't. A twenty-two will just. That'll just w- you're mad. just going to piss him off and wing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> infinite walrus johnny (laughs) yes um but that's that's what i got for uh for favorite moments i'm gonna give you my rating here because like i said it has something to do with the the b plot Um, okay because i gave this episode a butane okay so it's an okay episode hank has to save the day yet again yet again yada 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 and we have a B story that should just be a later in the series plot. It should be an A plot. We should get a whole episode around this. I think I get mad at this this B plot because, and you hit it, the, the A plot is boring by comparison. I want to see what happens when you stretch this thing out into a full episode on its own. 
we're just okay. not quite to th- we're just not quite to that moment in King of the Hill where you can do that without somebody going, "What the fuck just happened?" There's no way we're greenlighting this. We'll I think that there. becomes that episode with the uh, West Coast Choppers guys. Yes, once we get to that point, like this, this would have been a better substitute. Hmm. But okay. So that's okay. that's like I said, I I'm not trying to to shit all over your love of this B plot. I actually like it so so much that I think it needed to be its own episode, and so it detracted in this. Oh, you can shit all over it as much as you want. Like, I definitely recognize how, I would say, off-character it is for me to be so entranced by this B-plot. This is a dumb B-plot. Like, <laughs> it's, it is it is literally high stupidity. Like, in the purest sense, I just, fuck, dude, I was entranced by it. I laughed my ass off at it. Um, And I was... I don't know what you would couple this B-plot with, where, like, because Bobby at Strickland is so dry, like, this is the perfect, like, pairing for it. I just, I don't know where else you would stick this B-plot, and, like, because it doesn't help the story at all, but it does break up the action a little bit, and does give you something to laugh at, and there is an arc for it, so I don't know where I am. Um, okay. My, my biggest problem with it is, I guess, like the spoilers of, but Broomhauer's a state trooper how, or a Texas Ranger. How is he allowing this? Because uh, yeah, I don't know, but whatever. I don't even fucking care. I, yeah. Right. Um, if we're there, yeah, ratings. I guess so. Yeah. I gave, um, I gave the A plot of butane, and I gave the B plot of fucking charcane. <laughs> nice. Like, yeah. I so I guess all together it becomes a bu king. Um, I love okay. the B plot. I like the A plot. It was cool. That's it, right? That's, that's it? where we're at. Yeah, yeah a couple that's it really good week. episodes. Yeah, like I am happy. Um, I enjoyed my time. It's it's nice to just sit back and enjoy them. Like I don't have to love them or hate them. Yeah. Just I'm here. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So there's some heavy hitters in seeds and seven. Yeah, yeah. There more than I thought we had. You know. Yeah. Oh no, I was definitely ready to write this off. I, a couple weeks ago, I said we're on the downhill slope. And I'm I stick I still stick to that, but there there is little tiny jumps that you hit on that downhill every now and then, that just elevate it just a little bit. This yeah, is, just this, a bit. This, especially you know the, the uh, officer and gentle boy. That's that's a big one. Yeah, that fantastic episode. Well, Mark, before we get out of here, I got a question for you. What's that, buddy? You still like King of the Hill, Mark? Yeah, I still really like King of the Hill. It's it's cool. I'm really... I, I know we keep talking about, like, oh, we've been doing this for a year and a half, whatever, but, like, this is our second Thanksgiving recording together. Like, um, this is a yeah. Thanksgiving tradition, recording about King of the Hill. That's really cool. And a year later, I still really like King of the Hill. It's, it's fucking amazing. I love it. Like, yeah, um, I'm getting kind of sappy. I apologize. Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill? Uh, I did once. Yes, Mark, I still love King of the Hill. <laughs> that was the better joke that I should have made. God damn it. Oh, I'm so upset. It's I'm going to okay. let you I tell those good it. people where to find us. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, all you good people out there in podcast and internet land can find us at Dangle Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can also email us at danglepodcast at gmail.com. I'm on I'm on not on Twitter excuse me I am on Instagram (laughs) at Krautball that is Kraut as in sauerkraut ball as in Swedish meatball if you guys ever want to hit me up and Mark 
Uh, you can find me on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh talk about a variety of weird topics. Um, I don't know what we're talking about. I'm pretty sure we're doing gladiators like this week, so go check that one out. And if we didn't do gladiators, well, hey, bait and switch. But if we did do them, then bait and bait. I don't know. Uh, you can also <laughs> find me on Marky Stardust on Twitter. And yeah, that's about it. If you're trying to get a hold of us, probably do it through the Twitter or Facebook because I think Johnny's Johnny's kind of on the Facebook and I'm on the Twitter. So like between the two of us, we're trying to like get that good mesh. But yeah, um, yeah. thank you for listening. Um, once again, it sounds corny two weeks in a row, but I am still thankful for you guys and I'm thankful thankful for you, Johnny. And um, yeah, I love every one of you and I am looking forward to continuing this deal we got going called the Dangle Podcast. Uh, <laughs> good night, guys. Thank you. Uh, see you next week, everybody. I will be not so sad next week, I promise. Bye, guys. <laughs>